The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Breaking it down as the countdown to kickoff uh, is on. And we've got all kinds of COVID controversy uh, in the National Football League and, unfortunately, with the College Football National Championship game uh, as well. Steve Merrill will step up and then we're going to break it down. Wager talk. Sports memo in the house. Uh, we've got Merrill. We've got McKinnis. We're also going to send it to uh, the nation's capital. And uh, we're going to break it down with Cindy Boren, Washington Post. She's been at the Washington Post uh, forever. And, you know, I was thinking about it, like, with the Washington Post. Like, how big of a sports story does it have to be to, like, actually matter? Like, I, you know, how many hits has the Washington Post website gotten, like, over the last couple of years? Literally and literally the busiest newspaper in the world. Not like busiest newspaper uh, in America, but busiest newspaper in the world um, when, when you think of everything that's gone on and, you know, everything that's still going on uh, right now. Uh, but uh, the Washington football team are hosting a playoff game. We're going to be breaking it down. They've got quarterback issues right now. Alex Smith, of course, the guy's playing on one leg. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex Smith has had more uh, surgeries than, like, Frankenstein and Jenny Jameson combined. So it's not surprising that he's beaten down right now. And it looks like uh, Heineke could get some playing time. Rivera's talking about uh, playing both quarterbacks. you got to believe the market believes that Jared Goff is going to be playing because the number is coming down uh, right now. And the question is, what is Jared Goff actually worth at a point spread? I mean, should this point spread be higher? This feels like one of these traps, uh, doesn't it? We look forward to Merrill's uh, take on this. The countdown is on. The uh, National Hockey League regular season is starting in a little more than a week. Well, we're about eight days away right now. McKinnis, a big uh, puck uh, better. And uh, I want to start to take a look at some of the angles. Not so much futures, because who knows what the future of the world uh, holds. Not so much futures, but kind of what we talked about coming into the NBA. And I think the same thing. I think the same thing's going to happen in the National Hockey League as it happens uh, in the NBA. And speaking of the NBA, it was a whacked-out night uh, tonight on the Association uh, Hardwood. Upsets, underdogs, barking, biting uh, this evening. Brooklyn hangs 130 on the Utah Jazz. They're actually getting four and a half points. Memphis, Memphis didn't win, but they covered. Minnesota gets an ugly cover uh, here this evening. Urgh, the underdogs in the house. Sports Rage Late Night has begun. Bring it. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. So many sports. So many memories. So many players. So many teams. So many great matchups. So many possibilities. Now are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. Well, I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday. The pets, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, the degenerates, the trolls, and everybody else uh, in between. Countdown to uh, kickoff uh, is on. We've got uh, seven games uh, this weekend, or at least that's what's planned. Uh, right now. Cleveland's going to be without their coach. Ohio State's been hit hard uh, with COVID, except they're not looking for an easy way out. They say, listen, shut up. We'll be there. All right. Alabama's crying, but we can't postpone the game. Why? It's not like your kids are going to class or anything like that the next morning. 
Like, we can't postpone the game. Oh, God, no. We can't postpone the game. Um, all right, so we got a full house. Cindy Boren is going to join us uh, from the Washington Post a little bit uh, later on. We'll talk about the Washington football team uh, with Cindy. McKinnis is in the house, and now it's uh, Steve Merrill to stir the pot. What's going on, Merrill? Steve Merrill. What's going on, Steve? So, Gabe, ask Cindy about the Red Tails because I was told this week that Snyder apparently said it's a two-year process. So next year is definitely the football team again for you and I to uh, hate to hear that, obviously. Yeah, you know, I've got uh, I've got it down better than you do. W, I always confuse it with WFT. Uh, yeah, I know what you confuse yeah, yeah. it with. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, like, but it does, it's got the rig to it. W, uh, WFT, WFT, WFT. That's terrible. Stop it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fight, Gabriel. It's an awful no, no. nickname. I told you. Uh, listen, it's the one, one of the few things that we agree on. They should be named the Red Tails. I don't know why it takes two years, but yeah. they should be named the Red Tails. Nice and simple. We move on. No one can complain. Everybody's happy after. All right? Red Tails. Red Tails. Red Tails. Red Tails. Red Tails it is. And from what I understand, too, I saw you tweet me. So what? I turned the game off the second it was over. So what, Chris Collinsworth called him the Redskins? Yeah. <laughs> he had to apologize. Yeah, and, and I honestly don't think he did it on purpose. At first, I thought maybe he kind of did, and I was like, that's awesome. No. Because, you know, they had made the no. playoffs or won the division in five years. I was like, that's awesome. I'm, and then um, and then I think – I don't even think he – it's just like me, 90% of the time I don't realize I say it because I followed him my entire life, you know, went to hundreds of games. And I don't think he even realized he said it, to be honest. And then – Either, um, you know, what Michael said, sorry, he's like, oh, but he was almost like he felt like he had to apologize. And that was what was so ridiculous about the whole thing. <laughs> Some people let it go. Some people will stop. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I just sort of let it go. I, you know, I've slipped up a couple of times. I've slipped up a couple of times, but I'm pretty good at moving on. Like, I haven't called the Raiders Oakland once this year. I haven't called the Raiders Oakland I haven't called the Chargers San Diego in years. Like, people still do that. I did it yesterday. You did, really? <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. They're not, even, they're not even playing anymore, and I still, we we're still talking about it yesterday. I wager talk today. Uh, Ralph Michael said, what head coaching job would you all want the most? And Teddy and I both said Chargers. And I said, yeah, plus the weather's great in San Diego. And right as I said it, I realized they weren't in San Diego anymore. So that's, that's how my mind works. I still think Oakland. So for people that think I do the Redskin thing on purpose, I mean, I do it with San Diego. I do it with Oakland. I mean, I, I've seen these teams for 30-some years. It's hard to break that habit. <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. I remember people were mad. Like, once, like, you came on and you dropped it a couple of times. People were like, oh, is this guy is just doing this to upset ladies. And I told people in the chat. I said, the guy no, was as, as a season ticket holder. He was, went to games his whole life. It's kind of ingrained, right? Like, it's hard to, it's hard to just, like, and as you stated, although, and you agreed even, listen, about the name change, and it's also not like a type of, so it can it can happen, right? You know, it's not like the the worst word in the world ever, right? So it comes out. It's like, yeah, I don't think really people think about an eyelash uh, too about uh, too much about it, but I think it will be the red tails. You know, that seems to be. I think that seems to be really the most popular. I hope game. you're right. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's it going to be something terrible. Unless I hope you're right. Unless Snyder, yeah, unless Snyder's got to be a jerk not to make it that, doesn't he? They're from. But he is a jerk. We've been down (laughs) this road. (laughs) I know he's a jerk. You're right. It's almost too like you're right. 
He's going to come up with something that's just going to piss everyone off. Like, you know what I mean? Um, they, they got that new president. So, anyways, as far as them on the field is concerned, um, Alex Smith has got a bad, uh, bad everything, actually. But he's got a bad calf uh, right now. They're talking about the split quarterback stuff. But what do you make of this, Dave, in which Tom Brady 0-7 against the spread last seven primetime games, now laying eight and a half points. Listen, the Washington football team are actually playing with uh, with free free money right now. I mean, they got no pressure on them. All the pressure's on Tampa Bay. What do you make of the point spread? Well, there's only been five home dogs or more than a touchdown in like 30 years. They're four and one against the spread. Uh, the last two teams to have a losing record over like the last 10 years has been like two teams with a losing record to make the playoffs. They both won outright as an underdog. Um, now, granted, that home dog advantage, I think, is much weaker with no fans. I make home field about one point each way in the playoffs. So be careful to read too much into that because with true home field, this line would have been maybe six, you know, instead of eight and a half. So, um, yeah, But I will yeah. say this. It's night and day with Alex Smith. Uh, he came there in 2018 when they still were the Redskins, so you can say it. See, it's not politically incorrect to talk about 2018, apparently. But they're 11-5 and five now straight up with him as the starter. More importantly, Gabe, they're 6-26 and 26 when he's not the starter. That's what jumps out to me. He makes a huge difference. And um, I thought he was mediocre at best on Sunday night. He's one play away from never playing again. He's an injury waiting to happen, unfortunately. I mean, it's miraculous that the guy's got his leg, first of all, and then he's playing football on top of that. Um, but he, he can win games. I mean, this is the guy's number one pick overall. They, they claim Patrick Mahomes is the player he is now because of the tutelage of um, Alex Smith. Too bad Haskins didn't stick around for more than a season and they have to be tutored. Um, but, yeah, they could win with him, actually. It would not shock me. But Tampa's a very good defensive team. So is the Redskins, you know. So maybe the under makes the most sense. But if it's a low-scoring game, that would fade the dog, maybe keeping it close. It's been the one thing about Alex Smith his entire career, guys. He's always just won. He's, he's won everywhere he's been. And going back, to he was with the Utah Utes. And um, Urban Meyer was the coach. Urban Meyer was the coach of the Utah Utes. And um, they went undefeated. They ran the table. And they beat, um, they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Um, Alex Smith was the quarterback. Then we saw him win double-digit games with San Francisco. Uh, he lost the job to Kaepernick. Won double-digit games with the Kansas City Chiefs. Lost the job to Mahomes. But that's amazing, isn't it, Steve? Eleven and five with Washington, who aren't exactly like the most talented team. Guys, eleven and five with this team—that's unbelievable. You know, Gabe, we always say, you know, what's a quarterback worth? And we saw that line, by the way. The Eagles were sitting some guys, so the line went from three and a half to six and a half Sunday morning. But it was around one and a half before we knew Smith might play. Went to three and a half, and it was pretty much known he was playing at that point. So I think, you know, the six and a half is more the Eagles sitting guys on Sunday. Um, but it's not necessarily how much Alex Smith is worth. It's how much of a difference is there between Alex Smith and the next quarterback. Haskins was yeah. awful. They released him last week. I mean, what a debacle. Nobody picked him up on waivers on top of that, by the way. Um, but Tyler Henneke, in my neck of the woods, the old Dominion quarterback a few years ago, who was basically a walk-on into the league, had Minnesota, a couple other stops, he would have been the starter. I mean, so that's a train wreck waiting to happen. You know, So the drop-off from Alex Smith to basically a walk-on college quarterback is tremendous, and that's why we've seen that because they haven't – had a lot of uh, backups the last couple of years that would work. Yeah, I tell you what, I know I really want to take Washington, but we can't like Heineke's not beating Tom Brady. I mean, let's 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 just be real. It's going to be <laughs> really, really, it's going to be really difficult. But Washington's defense is damn good, Steve. They can cause some problems. Yeah. And 
Alex Smith is already the comeback player of the year, comeback player of the decade, uh, you could argue, uh, in sports. I mean, what this guy's accomplished is unbelievable. But wouldn't the storyline just be a little bit sweeter if he could beat Tom Brady in a playoff game? We're in a playoff game. And you, you mentioned it. There's something to it, guys, that the last two times that the teams that had losing records made the playoffs won the game outright. It's very, oh, everyone thinks we suck, huh? Uh, everyone thinks we suck. They've got a chip on their shoulder. The, the, the other team, their opponent, could take them lighter as well, just subconsciously thinking, these guys suck, man. They're 7-9. and nine. They shouldn't even be in the playoffs. And then next thing you know, you're tied 14-14 in the fourth quarter. Sports Rights Late Night continues. Bring it. We do this 24 hours a day, every day. It's real. And it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than fantasy sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Late night anger management class. I am Renzi. Bet your age. Andrew McKinnis will step up and in. Uh, Devontae Smith uh, wins, wins the uh, won the Heisman tonight because uh, I know that's uh, that didn't see that's why I didn't roll off my tongue uh, very very easily there. That's right. They gave the Heisman award uh, away tonight. The Heisman Trophy virtual. <laughs> On it, like really, you couldn't have come up with a better time than a Tuesday night at like seven o'clock. To award the uh, the Heisman. A little bit later on, we'll get into the 15 Pro Football um, Hall of Fame finalists, and only five can get in. So we'll have a little fun with this as the debate started earlier on um, on game time decisions uh, tonight, specifically about Calvin Johnson. And um, you know, we'll get into some little Hall of Fame uh, debate. A lot of stuff. We got college uh, football uh, news. We got uh, Jags news. Urban Meyer news. We got Steve Merrill. And, uh, Steve, uh, you've been killing college basketball so far this year, haven't you? I noticed the volume has been lighter. You've been very, very selective. But, well, I saw your record. What, was it 16-4, and 18-4, and four, something crazy like that? Yeah, 17-5. and five, um, So, you know, like a play every other day, 17-5. and five. And tonight I had two plays, probably for the first time all season. So I was like, oh, this is the kiss of death. And um, Florida was the first game. They did not cover. So I was sweating to even check the score of the second game, which is Kansas, and they won by 29. So 18 and six. So normally a one and one night would be like whatever, but I'm pretty excited actually because it keeps that nice record intact at least for the time being. Yeah, I've been there, and I'm kicking myself right now because you know there were a lot of underdogs that I liked uh, tonight in the NBA that I didn't pull the trigger on because I stumbled uh, out of the gate yesterday uh, in the NBA. And it's going to take me a couple of days uh, to be honest, if not like a week or two here. I've been in football mode, Steve. Like, I really have been. Like, during the week, you know, I'm betting a few games, but more recreationally. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we talk so much football. I mean, you know, there was the bowl games, the the, the, the playoffs. 
We still have a championship game. We have all these wild card games. I haven't really gotten into my basketball groove yet. I'll tell you what, Gabe, I'm licking my chops. You know, I'm really happy that I had an 18-6 and six start here into early January because I really think the next two months are going to be just fantastic. Both it, We talked about NBA last week, you know, with all these back-to-backs yeah. and everything. But college hoops, I mean, I'm not sure a lot of your listeners even realized how great this college hoop season is going to be. I mean, these teams are basically playing back-to-backs in the same arena, like in two-day spans. And at least the early, you know, we, we joked about Teddy said the zigzag was dead this summer during the NBA playoffs. I'll tell you what, the zigzag so far has not been dead in college hoops. And we've never had a situation where they play back-to-backs at all, especially in the same arena, same teams. And from what I've seen so far, some like under-the-radar games the last couple of weeks, like in the MEAC and stuff, you'll get like a five, six-point favorite um, that loses outright the first night. And then you would assume, you know, hey, that's the play in the second game, right? You know, the bounce-back spot. The odds makers actually dropped the point spread a point, yet the team is winning by double digits. And I'll give you an example. I mentioned this on the college basketball show today on Wager Talk. It was about an hour before we were doing it live. This game went at 3 Eastern, so it was early. But Gardner-Webb, two nights ago, they lose outright to Campbell on Monday. It was the biggest point spread cover by anybody on Monday night. Campbell won outright as a five-point dog. Today, the line was only four, four and a half. Gardner-Webb wins by 15. And they were outshot 46 to 29.5% on Monday night in the loss. I, I just don't know what the odds makers are looking at. They have not caught on to the zigzag and the, the three-point misleading three-point results. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some great opportunities in the next two months in college hoops. No, there is, and in the NBA there are as well. You know, there still is. But you know, it's like um, it's like a Brazilian uh, soap opera. You got to follow it every day. You can't just jump in. You've got to know what happens. A lot like baseball betting, right, Steve? You can't blindly bet a baseball game without yep. knowing what happened in the game before or the game before that. And it's very similar this year in college basketball. Yeah, great analogy. I mean, with baseball, you know, it's so heavy dependent on the pitching matchups that we get the lines the day before. They don't move too much because it's based on the starting pitchers. Um, but, yeah, basketball, obviously, that's not the case. And you have to look at load management. Uh, really tricky to handicap teams like the Lakers and the, the Class A teams this year. You know, I mentioned – few weeks ago when we did a preview of the season i was like you kind of look to play all those teams under look at the lakers they lost outright again tonight to the spurs seven point favorite they lost outright um you know these teams have bigger fish to fry in the postseason it's a condensed regular season they're going to be resting guys left and right whereas a team like the atlanta hawks they are off back-to-back losses but hawks have a lot of depth a young team i like their season win total over the low 30s uh six and two to start uh they're a six-point favorite tomorrow against charlotte uh, we'll see if Atlanta off back-to-back losses has that killer instinct like good teams should. Uh, just for the record, the Lakers Lakers did when Clippers lost outright. L.A., same thing. They both didn't cover, Steve, Clippers? so we get the point. Yes, Clippers. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, Lakers <laughs> barely won against Memphis as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Yes, yeah, barely won. Exactly. They were actually losing in the fourth quarter in that game. Yeah, I misspoke. And I, yeah, you're right. They, they, no, yeah, no, the Clippers are the ones that lost outright. Yeah. Lakers almost lost outright. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to clarify for someone tuned in. Had a what about the Nets player, tonight, like, though, All right, Dave. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like the Nets tonight. <laughs> I know, and everyone like, oh, How look at this. Like, been? Uh, you know, they. You know what happened? Steve Nash. Steve Nash like started the bench. He had like a really weird starting lineup tonight, and you know, people. Was it because of injury? No, I think he was just sort of sending a message. It was. I think it was Nash's first early message that, come on, guys, let's uh, let's tighten things up a little bit here and. Dude, Kyrie Irving, uh, Steve, was on fire. He hit his first seven shots. 
Um, he was four for four from three in the first quarter alone. He set the stage early. They end up smoking Utah 130-96. to 96. And I'll tell you what, though, Steve, the Clippers have been a playoff team, five and two against the spread on the season. Long we're on basketball right now. Um, it pains me to say this, but the worst team in the NBA are the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are the biggest money burners in the NBA right now, and they're going into Phoenix. And I'll tell you what, the odds makers are having a hard time conceding that the Raptors suck, aren't they? I mean, dude, they were laying six and a half points on a neutral court last night in Tampa Bay. Now they're going on the West Coast right now, and there's no confidence. You know, Kyle Lowry, the leader of the team, basically stated without, you know, coming out and saying it that we're in a lot of trouble. He basically said, if things don't change fast, our trip uh, on the West Coast is going to be a very long one. In other words, like, we're in a lot of trouble here. I don't know if they can just flick the switch against Phoenix uh, tomorrow, Steve. Yeah, Lowry's battling the ankle. Gasol's got the hamstring issue. They're all listed as probable, but they're not 100%, I think. And, you know, there's always one team every year in the NFL or in, in pro basketball, mostly the pro sports. College, you know, college sports change every year. You always have teams that are a lot better, a lot worse, like LSU this year got off to that bad start. But, you know, when you have 18-, 19-year-olds cycling in every year, that happens more. Um, but when you get these legacy-type teams, you know, that have won a title, playoff runs for many, many years, the odds maker and the betting public, they're always a little late to adjust when they finally hit the wall. And, you know, going back, and I can call them the Washington Redskins because I'm talking about the 90s, everybody. But I still remember when Joe Gibbs retired after Super Bowl 26, or maybe the year after that game, you know, after they beat the Bills. And, you know, he'd won three Super Bowls in like nine years. I still say he saw the writing on the wall. He knew how old, how, you know, worn down that team was. He went into NASCAR, and, and the Washington Redskins were terrible for the next decade or two, basically. Um, I, I, you, there's always a team like that. You just wonder, you start to wonder, you know, with the Raptors or maybe that team here over the next few years, and they're going to have a tough time catching up and rebuilding because they've been so good. They don't have a lot of young prospects right now. Well, they've got young players, but they don't have, they've paid them. They don't, they don't have a star player. That's the problem. And the NBA is a star league and you need a guy that can step up and, you know, they've got a bunch of good guys, but not a bunch of great guys uh, right now. And they're used to winning. So when you get teams that are used to winning and then they're not winning, they don't know how to get out of it. And it see, it seems that's what they're in right now. There's no one walking through the door to save their ass. Yet every night, though, like I said, every night people expect, oh, tonight's the night the Raptors show up. Tonight's the night that things change uh, for the Raptors. And like I said, they were laying six and a half points. Now you get a very good Phoenix team and the point spread's three and a half. So it's a light overnight uh, number here. Like I said, there's a resistance to admit that the Raptors are not good, but they're not. They just don't have a lot of players. You know what I mean? Like, they've got Siakam, who's struggling right now. Lowry, who's good, but he's not young. Uh, you've got Van Fleet, who's doing his best, but Van Fleet's not a superstar. And, oh, you got Ananobi, who one night might give you 17 or 16. Another night, he might shoot the ball three times. Right? Like, they've got a bunch of weird dudes and flaky dudes uh, on the team that they've, you know, Nick Nurse got to get a team shrink in here or something like that. Uh, but let's take, let's take a look at the, uh, the football. We'll get back to the NBA uh, later. So the Bills are still laying six and a half. This number just won't move. It briefly went to seven, and the total is settled in at 51 and a half as well. I think both the numbers are fair. Um, I think Buffalo will cover the spread, and I actually think the total is a little light here. I mean, Buffalo's averaging 47 points a game over the last three games. 
um, you know, since the last, like, two months, their offense has been unstoppable. They're not suddenly only going to score 17 points in this game. Weather is not a factor for the Buffalo Bills offense. I know the Colts' defense is decent, but I still see the Bills getting into the high 20s, into the 30s uh, here. And I guess the question is what happens with the Colts, but I like the Bills and the over, Steve. Yeah, 29-22 would kind of be the projected score, maybe 29-and-a-half. Um, so, yeah, the team total probably is going to be that 29-and-a-half point range for Buffalo. Uh, they've obviously been crushing that recently. They've done that um, in four of their last five games. Uh, they've gotten to at least 26 or more in seven straight. Uh, this is a really good team. And, you know, we talk about not a lot of home field advantage, obviously, without fans up there like you normally would have. It's not going to be the same atmosphere. But you do worry about the Colts a little bit outdoors when it gets cold and wintry weather, just, in, just cold in general. Um, they've been a more of a dome team over the years. And I think that for that reason, there's a little bit of a home field here. But this is a great matchup. These are two really dangerous teams to go far in the playoffs. Steve Merrill, uh, with, uh, we'll hit more NFL uh, wildcard stuff on the other side. Bring it. There's a pandemic going on out there. It's catchy. It's called The Winning Edge. And the only place you can get it is right here. Get on the grid and stay there. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. search is over you found it what you've been looking for the definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk this is the winning edge you're listening to the sports grid radio network go on you stupid horse i got my last 10 bucks on you no don't look at me run no don't come over here uh, oh boy. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. We're kicking it with Steve Merrill uh, right now. I'm just seeing a little controversy here, or man-made controversy. USA poses for team picture with what appears to be a trash can with uh, Team Canada's logo uh, on it. <laughs> and... and it's actually like it's going viral right now. Ryan Rashog of uh, TSN in Canada has tweeted this, trying to stir the pot, and it doesn't look like a trash can to me. It looks more like um, I guess it is, or it's a it's like a water, it's a cooler type thing. And you know, the tournament was actually in Canada, so it has a Canadian logo on it. I'm not so sure. They set it up to take a picture of it like um, like it's a trash can. Yet the controversy has begun uh, here right now. <laughs> and as I'm looking at this, it's like, guys, you guys use common sense here. Like, that's not a trash can. They're not mocking anybody. It's a damn team shot. And there happens to be a cooler, water jug, trash can, whatever. And don't forget, guys, they're on the ice there. They're all taking tape off. Like, I know, like... Somebody, and I'm going to give a shout out. You know, you know Dana Lane, right? Dana Lane's a handicapper. I yep. see Dana Lane here, Steve, saying he tweeted him, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. And it's true. Exactly. Like, guys, like any, anyone has played hockey before, guys, these guys got all kinds of crap wrapped up on them. You can't throw it on the ice. They're going to trip. Like, tape's going to get stuck. You're like, 
Like, dude, I can't believe Ryan Shog is this stupid and, like, really trying to start something with this. I'd like to see. I'd like to see, like, video of them after, like, throwing cups in there and throwing the tape and stuff like that. So should they turn the can around so there's not a logo on it? Maybe Canada should have scored a couple of goals. You know what, Ryan Rashad? Shut up. All right. We got Steve Merrill with us. Wager talk uh, in the house. So, uh, Steve, uh, Baltimore has come down to three right now uh, over Tennessee. and uh, The total is 54 and a half. This is one of these games. Why overthink it? Like, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Tennessee can't stop anybody. Their offense puts up a million points. They're 23 and 6 to the over in their last 29 football games with Ryan Tannehill. And Baltimore's offense is starting to light it up right now. Baltimore is sort of the, the bullies, though. They'll beat up on bad teams. And of course, they've lost um, twice in the last year to Tennessee. They lost in the playoffs and they lost earlier this year. But I think they get payback. I like the Ravens, Steve, and I like the over of this game. Yeah, weather looks like it's going to be clear in Nashville on Sunday afternoon, uh, low 40s, so it's not going to be sloppy or anything. Um, by the way, that Washington game on Saturday night, something I forgot to mention, uh, they are getting snow flurries Saturday morning. We're expecting some here on the East Coast, uh, but it should be clear at kickoff, just cold, like 30s. That obviously would work against Tampa, but then again, Tom Brady played in New England for almost 20 years, so might not be a big factor. In the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game Sunday night, same thing, flurries in the morning, but clear 30 degrees at night. So it doesn't look like weather's going to affect any of these games. Nah. Um, obviously, you get a good running underdog with Tennessee, and that's what worked for them last year. Um, but they keep in mind, they gave up over 500 yards in that game at Baltimore. You know, Gabe, Lamar Jackson was just awful. Um, a ton, you know, a few interceptions. Uh, Baltimore is a dangerous team. Uh, of the seven teams that were less than 25 to 1, Baltimore is at 14 to 1, seventh on the futures list right now. I would say they're the one that's kind of the most dangerous of those top seven teams as far as value goes on the on the long shot odds. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I think they're a live long shot as well. Obviously, it's about Kansas City. Buffalo's a trendy team in the AFC. But as far as the bigger number is concerned, think what Baltimore is. They are capable of beating anybody. It's not a stretch, right? It's not like when they step on the field, it's like, oh, they don't have a chance. But Lamar Jackson needs to play better in the playoffs. He just does. And so, you know, his wide receivers, Andrews, everybody, they all need to get open more as well. Like, it's not just on him. They've collectively hit a wall in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson a couple of times. And Tennessee have been a tough tonic uh, for them. But Tennessee's secondary struggling. They can't get a pass rush going. And, you know, if you give Lamar Jackson time, he'll find guys. But like I said, it's up to the playmakers. Yet Dobbins is running the ball well right now. Look, Baltimore's peaking at the right time. And I like the fact that they've lost to to the same team twice in the last, like, 10 months or whatever it is. 12 months. Yeah, I think revenge I think revenge is a legit factor here. And they're playing really well. I mean, the defense is a concern. And same for Cleveland. Cleveland, though, has got the COVID issues. I don't think they're going to go into Pittsburgh and probably win now. Um, but that, I can't get that Monday night game out of my head from a few weeks ago. I mean, neither team could stop each other. You know, and you figure at some point in the playoffs, that's going to end up biting you. All right, so uh, what about the um, what about the Rams? This, the Ram point spread uh, right now. The, the book is clearly assuming that Goff is going to play, right? I mean, otherwise the number wouldn't be so low. I just find it one of these weird trap games in which the Rams are struggling right now. They're not playing great football. You know, they've got injuries. Um, Cooper Cup is, is going to be back from COVID, though. He's returning to practice tomorrow. 
Uh, Brockers is going to be back as well. So things are sort of falling into place uh, for them. Yet the number is so low here. They just lost to this team 20 to 9, but they were 5 and 1 straight up and against the spread the last six times before um, that matchup a couple of weeks ago. What do you think of the Rams, uh, the Rams Seahawks game? Yeah, I mean, one thing, Gabe, that jumps out to me is the total is the lowest on the board this week 42, 42 and a half. Um, every other total, even the, uh, the Washington total is 45 or higher. Um, I would, I think you could definitely make a case that the Rams and the under are correlated, whereas, you know, the Seahawks and the over are probably codependent on each other. Um, so if you're looking at sides or totals, I'd keep that in mind. Seattle, very good offensively most of the season, suspect on defense. The Rams are going to have to win this game defensively. I don't know if Goff's going to play or not. A lot of uncertainty at quarterback either way. Yeah, it is. It's a tough game. Um, all right. So we talked about, uh, we talked about the Saturday night game with, with Washington the Bears and the Saints. This is the team that people are given the least chance uh, here. The Chicago Bears getting nine and a half points against the New Orleans Saints. Can Trubisky pull off the upset, uh, Steve? Chicago goes in there. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm not writing Chicago off. I think New Orleans is very good, so this is a tough matchup for him, but you know, I talked about Alex Smith and how night and day the start and the results were with him in the lineup the last few years for Washington, you know, 11 and five versus six and 26. Nick Foles was two and five this year. Trubisky going into that Green Bay game last week was six and two. He's now six and three. Yeah. But the offensive numbers have been night and day. I mean, the, the average total points is like 37 and a half with Foles. It's over like 52 with uh, Trubisky. Now, he did play some easier opponents. He lost twice to the Packers down the stretch since he came back. Um, so I'm not going to read too much into that, but he's playing pretty well. I think this could be a, you know, a shootout both ways. The sports books are very worried about teaser liabilities with both Tampa and New Orleans. And that's why we're seeing nine and a half here. You can't get it below three unless you do a seven pointer. And that's why some books will go to nine on Tampa, by the way, as well, because there's going to be very heavy teasers on Tampa and uh, New Orleans down below a field goal this week. You know, it's pretty crazy guys. We talked about this earlier that, that the last two times that a team with seven wins made the playoffs, they won the game outright. I'm seeing here since 2000, uh, five teams have made the playoffs with an eight and eight record. Um, they went four and one straight up <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> like, wow. Like, how is like, it's like, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like these teams, I don't know if it's because they, they have a chip on their shoulder. They're better than the record indicates. They're getting the other team take them for granted a little bit more, but there's definitely a pattern here of these sort of laughing stock teams, Steve, that win in in the first round that have it that have a chip on their shoulder. I think a lot of them were probably automatic division teams like Washington, and they got the home field. And the one thing the Redskins don't have this year is that crowd advantage, like we talked about earlier. So it would be interesting to see how many of those were home dogs, Gabe, because I know the home dogs have done fairly well as you know as well in the playoffs, being big underdogs. Yeah, you know what though? If we looked at the data, what do fans really mean? Like, you know, or have, has any team been better or worse at home because there were fans or not fans? You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, you know, I, I get it. Well, Everyone Seattle, likes to talk Seattle about it, and put it in the point spread stuff. See, yeah, but did Seattle suck Probably at home this Seattle year without fans? Good. Kansas City as well. What's that? Yeah, but Steve, Steve, Seattle went seven and one at home this year. They won seven and one yeah, at home. That's true. Without fans. Yeah. Like so. Like, Although what, the, what you know what they, 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 they won the seven and one. Though. I wonder how much they're piping yeah, the sounds, that, though. You know because it did. You could hear it at times. You know on the TV. 
which made me wonder. No, how no, I get it. I, I get it, but you know, it's travel, it's fatigue. Fans are the most like overrated. I've been saying this forever, and I maintain it, bro. Look at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are seven and one at home. All right, Bills are seven and one at home. Were the Bills like what? Would they been eight and zero? What they played the Chiefs? Would they have won that game? Um, they're seven and one at home. That's they're better this year than in past years at home. Why are they seven and one at home this year? Because they're a good team. They're a better team. Not because some fat guy slammed his buddy through a table before the game in a parking lot. Right? Whether the Bills well, Mafia are all hammered the in there or not. <laughs> yeah, because they're a good football team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because exactly, they're, they're, yeah. they're a good yeah, team. Think... Like, look at the New York Jets. The Jets are 1-7 want... at home, 1-7 and seven on the road. If the Jets had fans, they would have been 1-7 and seven and 1-7. <laughs> I don't disagree. What you look at is the dichotomies. You know my favorite word. I don't disagree with that. Uh, but Seattle has been much weaker on the road. But that, it's a good point. They were good at home again this year, better than they were on the road. So that has some legitimacy. Yeah. You know, and, and it really does if we dig down deeper. I'd like to see, you know, if, and is there something, one thing for sure, there's no debate. Because, you know, you and I, are we just have opinions. Guys that play in the league, that's facts. And... Aaron Rodgers was talking about it. I've heard other quarterbacks talk about it. They are saying that it's easier for them without fans. It is easier for the quarterbacks without fans. But the thing is, it's easier for everybody then, right? Like, like basically, it's just quiet. So you can call plays easier. Like, everyone can hear you. You don't have to worry about, you know, hand signals as much. Like Rodgers was saying, a lot of times, everything's hand signals. Um, if it's loud, but he goes, you don't have to worry about that now. And he goes, it's easier for me to communicate with everybody. Yet, you know, it's easier for everybody to communicate with, communicate with everybody. Everybody hears what you're saying as well. It's a unique, it's a unique uh, situation. Like MMA fighters too. Uh, MMA fighters liked it, Steve. And MMA guys, the UFC, they have to change and really get coded and stuff because a lot of times. You know, in a big arena and people are screaming and stuff, they can yell something over and not everyone's going to hear it. They can wait till Buddy gets close. But when it's silence in the room, Steve, right? It's silence in the room. You can't tell a guy, do this, do that. The opponent's going to know. <laughs> so everything's got to be coded. So, you know, do this really means do that. Do that really means do this. It's it's an interesting dynamic, but I, I don't know. I'd like to see the data of what, what home field. We got to go to our main man, Ralph Michaels, on this, right? Hey, uh, hey, Ralph, yeah, what's Gabe, the data? Some... <laughs> yeah, I talked to Ralph yesterday. Both Teddy, Ralph, and I, all three, without asking each other first, I said we're doing one point for home field. Ralph had an interesting take. If they're switching from grass turf or vice versa, it's one. If it's the same surface, it's a half. thought that was interesting. Uh, but here's uh, what I'll ooh, tell you. Look at ooh, the Sagergen yeah. ratings. Yeah, that, but Sagergen ratings, home field, point four, a half point this year. Last year, one and a half, two and a half before that, three, four years ago. So, Sagergens are saying it's, yeah, yeah, it's going down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it's been going down. It was going down in past years, even with fans, Correct. too. We'll wrap up with Merrill on the other side. Correct. Yeah. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. Get on the is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Like that anger management class. So one thing about 2020, it's an interesting uh, conversation and phenomenon. But as we were going into the break, the last few years, guys, every year it would dip big time as far as what home field advantage meant in the National Football League. Like teams would win on the road more than ever in past years. So it, and in past sports, guys, I think there's a lot to it. But one thing, Steve, and we brought up the Raptors earlier. It's one thing actually about the Raptors that they're at a major disadvantage of playing in Tampa Bay, right? They're playing in Tampa Bay. They're living in a hotel still, Steve. Every other team in the NBA got to, you know, went home, uh, did their thing, had a little time off, and right now there might not be fans, but they go back home to their house after. They go back home to their family in a house. The Raptor players lived in a bubble, and now they're living in a, in a complex in Tampa. And they have no home court advantage at all. Like, teams don't have to travel to Toronto. They're not in their same dressing room. They're not eating the same food. They're not sleeping in at home. And that is affecting them. And it's, like, getting to them psychologically. Like, the Raptors, like, are, like, concerned. Like, their players are getting depressed and stuff like this. They've been living in a hotel for the last year. It's starting to catch up. That is a disadvantage. Dude, the other night in Tampa, there were more people cheering for the Celtics than there were the Raptors, Steve. They're allowing 3,800 fans. It was all Celtic fans. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're allowing some fans there makes it even worse, like you said, because you've got the Heat in Orlando in the state. You've got, like, epic teams like the Lakers and Celtics that have fans yeah. everywhere. Um, and the Raptors are a fairly and recent Steve, team. Florida. They're a Canadian team. There's, I mean, there's no Raptor fans in, in Florida. I mean, it's just zero. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an excellent and point. Florida's and has got a million transplants. You know, if you're having a tough it's season, it's even quick, you're even quicker to toss the towel, you know, when you're having a bad season, you're having to live down in Florida when you don't, you're not from there. Exactly. It's easier for them to say, oh, whatever, dude. This whole season sucks anyways. We're screwed, right? <laughs> like, you're exactly right. Something, <laughs> something to keep our eye on. Yet, they're not booked to play there the whole year. It's like their first 17 games or something. Yet, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen uh, moving forward if they're ever going to be allowed back into Canada. <laughs> Steve Merrill, Wager Talk. We'll catch up with Steve later in the week. Sports Memo, Wager Talk TV. Like that anger man for class. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.